Welcome to Don't Cut Your Bangs podcast. I'm your host, Deb Todd, and we are here with the amazing Jackie Scully. Hi. If you don't know Jackie, you should. She's an incredible makeup artist, an amazing esthetician, brow artist, and all-around beauty professional. Jackie, welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited that you're on this journey with me. You can expect Jackie to be a regular guest and... She has so much awesome input on the beauty side of the industry and also so much more than that. So Jackie is going to be joining us many times to put her cheeky little input. And Jackie, so give us a little background on how you got started in the beauty industry. Okay, so I first started um, when I was like high school. My first time I ever did my makeup was like eighth grade. It was a black smoky eye. I was like, you know, absolutely devastated. I'd gotten my heart broken by my first love. Ugh. So I did like this black smoky eye and I felt like the shit. And then I started Full doing Taylor like, Swift revenge era. Yeah, it literally yeah. was. Mm -hmm. So I started doing like my friend's makeup, my makeup. Like we did literal any and every color under the sun. We loved it. Um, and then I started assisting for another local artist who introduced me to someone at Mac, worked at Mac for five years, graduated college, was like, fuck that, I'm not doing more college. So I was like, this could be a job, I guess, for sure. So I really got into bridal, um, started getting super busy, and then was like, I need to do more. So I got my aesthetics license and started doing brows um, at LaBelle Studio, and that's where I currently still am. So I'm doing brows and makeup and um, facials as well. So it's been a 10-year journey as of this year, which wow. is crazy. Yeah. And yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. So right now you're at LaBelle Studio. Yep. So you can find me at LaBelle. You can book me there for facials, for brows. Um, and then I do do makeup there as well. So um, on the weekends, I'm usually traveling, different venues, Wherever you want me to be, I'll be. Um, and then you can find me during the week in Wilmington at the studio. If somebody wanted to book your their makeup for their wedding, or if they wanted to, if they wanted to book your makeup for their, your wedding, oh my goodness! If they wanted to book you for their wedding, yeah, and or just a night out or whatever, would they go through Labelle or would they go through you? Would something like that look like? Um, so that looks like messaging me, reaching out to me. So um, my so bridal process, you? Yeah, yeah, you would shoot me an email um, or you can go online and download like my beauty rates for bridal um, or you can reach out to me and I'll send you information. You can find me on social media at Jackie Scully Beauty. That's J-A-C-K-I-E-S-C-U-L-L-Y-B-E-A-U-T-Y. And um, you can email me at Jackie at JackieScullyBeauty.com. And yeah, you can find all things beauty there, but definitely reach out to me. My online booking is not up, so just reach out to me. I answer DMs. She does, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I DM you. Well, I text you. Yeah. Let's just pretend it's a DM. Some but... people just say no DMs, and that stresses me out. Like, just DM me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, I say no DMs. Sorry, guys, but my brain does not work through DMs yeah. like I have people like I'll even tell people like just text me and then they'll text me and they're like okay so like is he going to book this appointment or not and I'm like oh shit sorry I know or like to take it a step further I'll like talk to people in a DM and be like yeah come in at this time because I'm looking at my uh, um, I'm looking at my calendar 
and then I'll forget to put them in and then I'll have a client that will book that spot yeah. and then they'll walk in at the same time and be like, I'm here for my That's like my worst nightmare. And it's happened multiple times. So if that's happened to you, sorry guys, you know who you are, but I love you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just like being able to put things like on unread so yeah. I can see that I didn't take care of it yet. So yeah. like if I have a DM, I'll usually direct people to email because it's just easier to keep track of. But if it's on unread, I know I need to take care of it. So that's usually when I forget things is if it's a text and then I like forget to put it on unread because I can't stand that little notification bubble. But yeah, you can DM me. I'll so here's the thing about unread that I think a lot of people don't know that if you read it and then put it on unread, it'll still show the other person that you read it. Oh, really? It just leaves that notification for you. So yeah. you do you go back forget. and get to it. But yeah. it'll still show the person on the other side that it's oh. been opened. Well, my red receipts ain't on. So. <laughs> Well, actually, I guess I on Instagram they are. Yeah, you can't turn them off. Oh, well. <laughs> Sorry. So you're welcome for that little tidbit of information if you think that... I haven't forgotten about you all people in my DMs. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been guilty of like opening it and then unreading it because yeah. I know I, I don't have the time to yeah. answer it right now. And then I'll be like, so sorry, like I'm just getting back to this or I'll say I'm just seeing this. You yeah. know, I know I saw it before. And then I'll be like, bitch, I saw that you read this three days ago. I wasn't mentally prepared three days ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's my bad. Um, so you've been in the industry now for 10 years. You're doing skincare. You're doing, uh, I almost said you're doing hair. You're doing skincare. You're doing makeup. You're doing permanent makeup as well. What is, if you had to, like, what's your favorite thing right now? Are you working on moving towards one niche or are you going to, or do you like doing everything that you're doing right now? Like, is is it all like fulfilling for you? Do you have something that maybe is a little bit more of a favorite? Um, I would say I really, really love makeup. That's like my first love. So I heavily focus on makeup. I feel like my bridal and giving people really great like bridal experiences. Um, and I really pride myself on that. And then I think the reason why I did aesthetic school was because I really wanted to marry those two things together, skincare and makeup, um, just because obviously – your skin only looks as good as it is before makeup when you have makeup on. So I really wanted to do those two things. And then brows, I feel like I really love. Um, I'm, you know, I do definitely love brows, but I think makeup is always just going to have my, my number one spot for sure. Because I just feel like it's just so fun. You can do so many things with it. It's really like just super fun. I, I mean, and you're just so good at it. I mean, when you do my makeup, I tell people all the time, I go, I am an actual catfish. I'm like, I Stop. don't want to wash my makeup off because the person that I am when you beat my face <laughs> is the person that I want to be in real life. You are that it's person. just a no bitch. <laughs> I mean, I don't even need a filter when you do my makeup. <laughs> it's wow. insane. I have a good face to work on, so. Oh, say more words. <laughs> So you've been doing, you've been doing this for 10 years. What is some advice that you'd give to somebody that's just starting out? Like, uh, like a noob that's starting, let's just say, let's just say somebody that wants to be a makeup artist, somebody that's just starting out. What's some, what's a good sound piece of advice that somebody who is now, let's say a seasoned artist would give, what would you tell you younger, you just starting out doing makeup? Um, I guess like one big thing is to know your worth. I feel like 
it's definitely scary at first if you don't have a lot of experience or a lot of clients. Um, but you almost have to like fake the funk for a little bit. Like be confident and know that you're the professional and people will treat you as such. You know, like if you go in acting like the pro that you are, people are going to respect you and trust you. And it's really about building trust and building rapport with people. And that's what keeps them coming back um, because you make them feel so good and you're building that relationship with them. So I would say be professional and keep pushing because it doesn't happen overnight. It really does take a while. I mean, it's been 10 years and I'm really happy with where I am in my career, but I'm still obviously hustling. Yeah. But you know, it just, you have to keep going. Like it, you get discouraged and that's just kind of just what happens with any job at first. Anything's hard until it's easy. Yeah. So you have to just keep pushing and eventually you, you'll get to where you want to be based off of being professional um, and being dedicated. You know, you can't be flaky. You can't cancel on people. You have to just put in the work, you know, and I feel like a lot of people don't have what it takes. And I just read something recently that it said, like, if you spend 10 minutes a day practicing your skill, 10 minutes a day after one year, you'll be better than 90% of the rest of the people in your industry that maybe didn't practice at all just because you're practicing 10 minutes a day yeah. because most people simply don't do that. They don't put in the work. And that's why there's a difference between really successful beauty professionals and the average. average yeah. I, I agree with that a million percent. And what I've noticed, especially in our industry, especially somebody who's hiring and firing <laughs> people, um, people want to be a part of something that they think is fun and glamorous, but they really don't want to put in the work. They want to get paid for it as if they are, but they don't want to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I tell my girls all the time, I go, hard work is the shortcut. Mm -hmm. I go, that's the only way to get from here to there. Yeah. And if you don't do the work, then it's not going to happen. And the time is going to pass no matter what. So you may as well make it work for you. Exactly. And there's people that, I mean, for me, I, I'm, I know that I'm talented. I know that I do well in my industry, but I wasn't somebody that was just naturally, I don't think I was naturally gifted. I think that I had to put in a lot of work. I still have to put in a lot of work. Yeah. I'm still working and training and trying new things and getting things wrong and trying again yeah. all the time. I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone because I'm not somebody that just, I don't get it like that. It took me, I think six years for me to really understand doing color, doing hair. And I've been doing it for 12 years now. So really it took me six years to one day finally feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But that's just the beginning of, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Now let me get really good at what I'm doing. Yeah. And some people are lucky enough to be really talented, but you still need to continue the work. Yeah. Or, you, or you're not. But the hard work is what sets you apart from everybody else. Yeah. And... I love to see, like, we have a girl in my salon now who she's been doing hair for, like, I think six years now, but it hasn't been, like, the forefront of her career. Like, she's been doing other things as well. She's a mom. She's, she, she just didn't put her passion as her priority, but she's really talented. And now she's putting her passion as her priority, which is hair. And she has gone from 
a junior stylist who, again, is very talented, to this amazing artist who is booked. She's busy. She's making money. And she's just like, before I started here, I almost gave up on doing hair. But I'm somebody that's going to stand behind you and continue to push you to your breaking point, basically, because I know if you have what it takes, if you have the passion is there, if the talent is there, not even just let's say the talent would, but if the passion is there, I'm going to continue to push you and you're either going to break or you're going to rise and, Mm -hmm. and, and thrive. And it's just amazing seeing her now because now she's, she's like, she has that confidence and she has like that, that she just she's gets it and she's she's growing and she's learning and she's now on her own continuing to just push herself and you know there's so many people that don't want to do the work because they don't want to come in they don't want to sit around and do nothing yeah but you can sit around and do nothing or you can practice on a friend bring a friend in to do their makeup to do their brows or bring a friend in find a model to do their hair yeah and you're not getting paid but you're you're creating and adding value to something that wasn't always you know, to your service that you're providing for somebody. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I think that um, good advice for good advice, good advice for somebody starting off in the industry to bounce off of what you said with the professionalism, knowing your worth, knowing the value of the service that you're providing, is um, what what creates the value of the service that you're providing your level of professionalism, how you interact with people, um, the relationships that you're creating. You can really, you can be really good at what you do, but if you don't have that rapport with your client, that's not going to keep them there. Because there's so many people that do great makeup or do great hair or do great skin, but there's so many more levels to just doing hair or just doing makeup. We do so much more than that. Yeah. So I think when you are able to also create a relationship with your client that makes them feel really good. Like we went up to Philly the other day because Evan's getting a custom suit made for the wedding. And that is by no means a cheap thing. Service. Service. Yeah. Cheap. That's by no means... Yeah, a service that is that's by no means like a cheap yeah. service. Um, you're going in and you're having somebody you're, make you this custom suit that's built and made cut to your body. Um, but what's keeping me from just going to let's say Neiman Marcus and spending money on a designer suit, or even going to Men's Warehouse and getting a suit for cheaper? It's 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 they're providing something that we're not going to get from the store but not only that what what about what's the the difference between him and the service that he's providing then let's say somebody that you know somebody else that does custom tailored suits in the area and what i really liked about this gentleman is he brought us in he got us coffees he made us feel really warm and welcome he brought us back into his office he sat us down on the couch he sat down with us and we just had a chat like he didn't make us feel like we were on a time crunch or we were just taking up his time. He made us feel like you have my undivided attention and this, like, he got to know us. He, 
we were talking about family, we were talking about travel, we were talking about how we met. He was getting to know us on such a deeper level other than like what colors do you like and what textures do you like. We didn't even talk about suits. We talked about like us and created, he created this relationship with us before we moved on then to creating and designing this suit. And I'm like, man, that is like, I'm sold. And somebody that's in a service industry as well, I'm like, being able to make somebody feel like that before they spent all this, like, it made me want to spend my money there and yeah. our money with him. And it made me want to continue to come back. Like, we left and we were like, well, now you need to get your, all of your shirts made with him. Yeah. Like, now you need, now we need to use him for X, Y, and Z. And I think it's such a valuable tool to have is to get to know your client on a personal level. And I'm not saying overindulge, but to make them feel like they are valued person, they're spending their money on you. They chose you to do this. So it's so much more than just doing hair and just doing makeup. You are creating this relationship with them that, that can now, that's going to continue to bring them back because you made them feel so good. Yeah. And I think that that is a very valuable asset to learn and to know how to do, especially starting off, because if you make them feel good, they're going to go and tell 10 of their friends. Yeah. For sure. And, and if you make really, them feel terrible, they're going to tell, tell everybody. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's definitely something that was drilled into my head when working at Mac because I worked at the mall. There was three Macs and it's like, oh, well, people can get their Mac makeup from anywhere. So why are they coming here? And it's like same thing in the, in the real world with services. There's so many hair salons. There's so many brow studios. There's so many makeup artists. And you can be the most talented makeup artist, but if you're unprofessional, if you're late, if you smell like cigarettes, people are not going to want to use you, even if you're amazing, even if you shit out rainbows. People yeah. are not going to care yep. because you're not a nice person. So building rapport has just done wonders for me over the years because I have been a part of like so many people's weddings, their sister's weddings, their friends' weddings, and then, you know, you just start to build this community of people that just all know you and love you and, like, ride for you and will recommend you to anyone, and um, I haven't fully announced this, but I'm kind of taking the steps. I'm moving away, and I have people that are like, oh, well, how are you moving now? I'm getting engaged. I'm finally getting married, and you're moving away. Like, you're coming back for me. I'm going to pay for you to come back for me, and, like, that just speaks a lot to, you know, how much my clients care. And I'm going to obviously come back for them because I care about them. Like, I want to be there for them. They want you to be with them on their big day. And, I mean, that goes for hair, too. Like, people need us to feel good in their certain special situations. And when they value you so much because you've shown them that you care, and obviously there's talent involved in that as well, but um, you show you care, they're going to value you and, you know, do whatever they can to get you for their big day or for their life. You know what I mean? Like yeah, for any, any absolutely. moment in their life. And it's just been really cool to see that really grow. Um, you know, people that I did literally did their makeup for like their eighth grade formal are now getting married and like reaching out to me. And it's just like, makes me feel really good. So, Oh yeah. I think that's just a huge part, you know? And honestly, there's some people out there that no shade, like aren't that talented but people are just in love with them. Like they literally are the best person in the world. They might be mediocre, but they have the best personality and they, people love them and they're booked and busy because people love them and they might not be the best, but that's just how it works. 
And I feel like social media now, it's like another whole level of like, oh, not yeah. only do you have to have the talent, you have to show people online, like you're cool. <laughs> yeah. People like you, you have a life. I'm like, oh my God, I can't keep up. Like people just see, see that I'm good. That's not enough. It's not a enough. lot of people are good. It's not enough to just see that someone's good. You have to build that relationship and be the right fit for somebody because if you're not the right fit, no matter what you do, they might not be happy. And so I think that's really important too is, you know, having those consultations with people, not just diving right in, you know, you want to make sure that you're giving them what they want. So maybe through that consultation, you figure out you are the best fit or maybe for that consultation, you find out you're not. And that's still doing them a service by telling them you should go to see this person or this other person or stick with me Um, and being honest about that. Because I think I've turned down people for services that I don't think would be best for them. And it doesn't leave a bad taste in their mouth at all. It leaves them respecting me more because I'm not just taking their money and doing something that isn't going to be good for them. Yeah. No, I think that's super important. Yeah. Like, again, like we're not robots, we're humans and we all have our specialties in one way or another. And if somebody came into me for a pixie cut, like a a red pixie cut, I'm not your girl. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would pass away. Yeah. If there was a gun to my head actually, and I had to do it, like just consider me dead. Oh my God. But yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's better to, to, a hard no is better than a, re- a regrettable yes yeah. a million times over. And I think another thing that ties into that a little bit with getting started and building your clientele in the industry is having a look, having a signature look, um, something that you're an expert in is so important because like you said, people are not going to book you for that red pixie cut. They're going to book you for your balayage, for your blonding, for your dimensional color. You know, They're not going to book you for things that you're not an expert at. And I think it's important that when you're first starting, you really set yourself as the expert in something um, so that people know you for that. And they're not confused of like, you know, what is this person doing? They're posting like purple hair, but then they also post like, you know, little perms or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that that's something that I struggled with in the beginning was fearing that I was doing too many things. And I think that I don't know, that phrase, jack of all trades, master master of none. none. I think that it goes on longer and says something else about like being a master of one or some shit, but who cares? Um, I think you should really focus on being super good at one or two things versus being average at everything, which is why I didn't get into lashes. Um, I didn't get into, I mean, I don't really do lash lifts. I stopped, like I took services off my book that I started with that I don't do anymore because they don't serve me or my clients. Yeah. Um, and you should want to, you should be able to go into your day and look at your book and be excited, excited about yeah. your day and not be like have sweaty armpits and anxiety yeah. over certain services sure. because you don't like doing them and you're not, you don't feel like you're giving them the value of what they're paying. Yeah, and for sure. I tell my girls that all the time. I mean, once you're, obviously you need to try all the, not all the things, but do things and figure out what you love. And when you find what you love, do it and do it well. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I go, we are not the cheesecake factory. Yeah. You, you, and I, you don't want that person. Yeah. You're not going to go to a general surgeon for plastic surgery. Yeah. You're not going to go to, you know, a, a 
steakhouse surgeon for, for a knee replacement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're not going to go to a steakhouse for seafood or pasta. You yeah. know, like it's it's one of those things where you want to be. Everybody wants to go to somebody who specializes these days. I yeah. certainly do. Yeah, like sure. I'm not going to go to an injector that you know only does Botox and you know random That's filler here and filler, there and expect yeah. to get like my whole my my lips the way that I want them to be or any, yeah. something like that. Like I'm not going to go somewhere unless somebody specializes in it. And you don't have to have like brow specialist or this specialist, but if I see that you do a lot of something and you do it well, then that's what I want to go to you for. Yeah. And I think that's how probably the masses feel at this point because there's sure. so many people doing so many things. You want to go to the person that does what you want and does it really well. Yeah. So I definitely agree. And finding what you love and then just diving into it and doing that really well rather than trying to do a little bit of everything because you don't have to yeah these days you can make a lot of money doing yeah. one or two things yeah and i i got a little bit of pushback in a class not too long ago i said something similar saying you don't have to do it all and you don't have to say yes to everybody you should only do what you really want to do mm-hmm. and somebody reached out to me and they said deb you know i think it's a really bad advice that you gave would give to somebody that that advice to somebody, especially somebody just starting in the industry, saying that you don't have to do what you don't want to do. Yeah, and I said you can feel that way, absolutely. And I'm not saying, as a young hairstylist, saying no to clients when you need to learn a certain skill set. I go, but you should say no to clients if it's something that's completely out of your wheelhouse and your yeah. realm. For sure. I go, and I don't believe that you should have to take those clients. Yeah. And I don't believe that you should have to learn how to do it all. I think that you should do what you want to do. But mm-hmm. that's me personally. And I go, your journey is completely different than mine. And yeah. You don't have to feel that way. But I want to go in and love my job every single day. And yeah. of course, there's some days you don't feel like working. Sometimes you, you know, just don't have the energy, you know, to be in front of people. But nine t- 99% of the time, you should look at your book and be excited to go to work because yeah. it's filled with clients that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get the longevity and that's when you really start making your money. Yeah. In my opinion. For sure. It is a thousand percent. I know that I have clients that come in a lot that um, they're like, I didn't wash my hair like it for seven days. I, it's really <laughs> dirty for you. Like that takes color better. Right. And I'm like, actually it doesn't. Um, I will say that if you have like on scalp coloring or a bleach out, like a day old or two day old hair is good because you have that natural oil buildup. Um, so your scalp will get less irritated if that's something that happens for you. But um, don't come in with really dirty hair. Color yeah. has, is, it's a chemical, it's, it's a process and it has to break through multiple layers to get you to a certain yeah. color. So the more dirt and build up, the harder it has to work and the more inconsistent the outcome is going to be. So one thing that I really wish that clients knew that I'm putting it out there now is don't come in with like really old, dirty hair. Yeah. Um, it does not actually take color better. <laughs> is there something in the world of beauty and, and aesthetics that you wish that your clients knew 
um, coming into their appointment or just in general? Yeah, I guess um, one of the biggest beauty misconceptions is that makeup is going to provide you with a filtered face. So obviously we're in this era of social media filters, whatever, that's all fine. But I love a good filter myself. But when someone brings in an Insmo picture and it's a heavily filtered photo and then they're wondering why their skin isn't going to look like that, I think I'm just, you know, confused as to why people think that their skin is going to magically change once we put a foundation brush to it. Um, You know, I think with social media now and the way that the beauty community is going now and all that, people are getting more into skincare. People, you know, are using the right things or trying to use the right things. And um, that's helped a lot because people come in with better skin than people that just don't take care of their skin at all. But um, there's always that misconception that makeup can just fix all. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. You know, if you have texture, if you have pimples, if you have acne scarring, that's still going to show um, through the makeup. I mean, of course, priming and everything is something that can help with that. And I'll, I'll do that for you. But you can't fix something that needs to be corrected with like Botox, like wrinkles. Like I can't make wrinkles go away. Like if I could, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. With makeup, I'd, yeah, change the game. But you just can't expect that to happen. So that's a huge misconception is that, you know, I'm going to make your wrinkles just disappear. I'm going to make your pores just go away Um, because your skin is always going to, always going to look like your skin just with makeup on it, basically. Yeah. The texture isn't going away. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which I mean, man, if you could give me like Theo's skin. I mean, there are some people that are lucky enough that have like that porcelain skin. I mean, I have a girlfriend that just, I'm just like, do you sweat? Yeah. Like where? Where's like, your pores? Where's your pores? Unfair. It, I don't know what it's like to be one of God's favorites, but <laughs> it must be nice. I think you do. Well, thank you. I mean, I think that that's so important, though. Skincare is so important. I, I, I've been into skincare. I've had bad skin since I was younger, but now that I'm a little bit older, that I have like the means to do more medical grade things, yeah. to do lasers, to do chemical peels, things like that. I've noticed now, now that I'm focusing more on correcting my skin versus trying to mask it, I'm loving so much more how my makeup sits or how my day-to-day is. Even like not leaving the house without makeup on, I'm much more confident. And I think that is so important to understand that, yeah, like your foundation base is what's going to set the precedent for the rest of of your makeup. Yeah. If you, is there anything that you feel like you wish that your clients, that you, you want them to like not apologize for? I'll give you an example on my end. Um, clients all the time, not all the time, but clients feel bad if they don't love the end result of their hair, yeah. in my world, their hair. And they'll reach out and it's like, I'm so sorry. It's like they're coming to you like this, like sad little puppy, like, I'm so sorry. I'm not like this. I promise I'm not difficult, but you know, I just really thought that my face ramp was going to be a little bit brighter or I feel like maybe my tone is just a little darker than, or I don't have enough layering in my hair and they're like, I'm so sorry. And I was just going to, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, I have this event or I have this and I'm like, please don't be sorry. Yeah. I want you to tell me I'm an imperfect human. I'm not a robot. I don't always get it right. And I want 
my clients to know that they don't have to apologize for it not meeting their expectations. Now, if we discussed something and what you're coming to me is something completely outside of the realm of our initial consultation, that's a completely different story. But if it's something as small as like the tone or a layer or the brightness, that's something that can be so easily adjusted. And I just want clients to know it's not personal. I don't always get it right and don't apologize for needing an adjustment. Yeah. Is there something in your world that you feel that you wish your clients knew that Um, they didn't have to apologize for? Yeah, I definitely think I agree with what you just said because I always want people to tell me if they're unhappy. But another little thing is like people apologize for totally normal things. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I have this hair on my chin or I'm so sorry. I have this pimple. I'm sorry. I have this. And I'm just like, you know that we all have those things. Like, you don't have to apologize for just being a normal human with regular skin. Like, people just apologize for everything. Like, and it's just unnecessary. I mean, we all go through it. I don't think people know it because everybody hides it. Like, we don't want to show on Instagram that we have chin hairs or pimples or nose hairs. Um, But we all have it. So when people apologize, I'm like, don't even worry. Like, this is the most normal thing you could ever have. But I think it's just one of those things where we don't think it's normal because we don't see it. Therefore, we say sorry because we think we're so disgusting. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll be like, I'm sorry, I look like shit or I'm sorry, my hair is dirty. And it's like, why are we apologizing for just being normal? Yeah, for being human. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it happens. It's tough (laughs) because we're women and society expects us to look put together at all times. All the time. We're not supposed to have body hair or yeah. body odor or whatever. And I mean. Thanks to Dina. We don't. Yeah. Thanks to Dina. <laughs> she is changing Body lives. hair? We don't know her. Don't know her. <laughs> but I mean, there's definitely been times I think that you've even plucked my mustache for me when you were doing my makeup. And I mean, I appreciate that more than you just letting it live there. Literally. Like if you see something that can easily be taken care of, I'm going to take care of it. Like, because it's a disservice. Imagine, like, imagine you left somewhere and you felt so good and they noticed you had a random hair and didn't fix it. Or like, I don't know. I'm just like, like, you know, chatting with something in your teeth and nobody telling you there's, I mean, I work, I can't get over a day. I had like a smoothie, like a protein smoothie coming into work with (laughs) berries. I love berries in my smoothies. I hate the seeds though. Yeah. I had seeds in my teeth and I went to the bathroom like three quarters of the way through my day and I saw all these seeds in my teeth and I'm like, I'm surrounded by fake bitches. Liars. Nobody said anything to me. Are you kidding me? And they're probably like, I'm like, I literally look like I've been gnawing on rocks. That's the worst. Oh my God. I saw somebody in a store and they had like toilet paper on their butt or something. And I was like, oh my God, like, how are you with your friend and not telling them that they have something on their butt? And I didn't want to be like, hey ma'am, you have something on your booty. So I was like, there's something on the back of your pants. (laughs) And she was so appreciative because like, why are you going to let people walk around like a fool? Yeah. I mean, I'm the first person. If somebody's talking to me, I'll be like, you got something in your teeth. I know. It's like, and it's just like, you don't make a big deal about it. It's just like a little something. Let's just get it. Cause I couldn't (laughs) think of anything worse if I let somebody walk around. It's so embarrassing. It's the worst. (sighs) So yeah, don't apologize for normal things. We all have weird things. We just hide them. So I was, I went to the Taylor Swift concert How was Friday. It? it was so good. And then I went to a wedding the next night and I wore heels to the Taylor, 
Swift concert. Against my better judgment, I wore heels. Um, and then I wore heels all night on Saturday, and my feet are still, they're so beat up, and they're so swollen. Oh, oh my goodness. And my legs are also asleep right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. My foot fell asleep. I was like, okay, you just relax. Just relax. I don't know if you remember... I don't know why we do this to ourselves. I don't know if you remember when we went to Vegas. I don't know if you were there. It was Gucci Vegas. Gucci. So it was 2017. And it was the end of the night. We went to a nightclub and we were out all night. And we were out so late that we went to the Cosmopolitan and their breakfast buffet was out. Yeah, I wasn't there that night. Oh, and <laughs> I probably was waking up to do makeup. Yeah. When you and were coming back. We went to go leave. We got up. So we sat down. Eight, got up, and we kiss were walking. Death. The kiss of death, yeah. We were walking out of the Cosmopolitan to get a taxi back to our hotel that we were staying at because we were like with this group of guys whose table we mooched off of. And my legs literally would not like my ankles were so spent, like they wouldn't. I could not physically stand up. So like, I was trying to walk, and I, I literally was like, I looked like a baby giraffe trying, and with. All of my being, I was trying, and oh my, my ankles just get beat out. They would not, I could not physically walk, and he had to carry me through the casino outside oh to me to get into God. my Uber because I didn't want to take my shoes off and like raw dog the casino. Floor. I know. I refuse to take my shoes off anywhere I am, but sitting is the kiss of death. Someone told me that. I wore wed uh, shoes to a wedding all day. It was like a daytime into nighttime thing, and my feet hurt so bad and I refused to take them off so I was like you know what I just need a little sit down and someone said you know don't sit because once you stand it's going to be worse and I was like I don't even care at this moment like I need to sit and sure enough when I stood they just were throbbing so hard I have never experienced such pain but one time I did have like half of my foot go numb for like two days and I thought I gave myself like nerve damage after wearing heels because I just refuse to take them off. I'm like, I don't know. When I'm drunk, I just think like, I'm better than that. <laughs> I know, me too. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that person on the dance floor without shoes on. Yeah. And, and then uh, you get your foot stomped on by a stiletto and your toe falls off or something crazy. That happened to me once at a wedding. <laughs> I didn't take my shoes off, but I had open toe shoes and somebody stomped on my foot with their stiletto and it ripped my whole toenail off but I was so drunk I didn't realize it happened I woke up and oh. my foot was throbbing and the whole bottom of my bed was red from blood oh my god and I That's had to like get my toenail rebuilt by like a podiatrist that had like they do like these fibers and uv gel what? and like they rebuilt my toenail did it grow so back it the same back and it grew back the same thing oh my god amen wow things you don't hear about on tv I know but I mean <laughs> Heels, you got to love them. I know. Even though... They make your legs look so good. Just nice, long legs. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm 5'8", and in heels, I'm like six foot, and, you know, yeah. everybody's a short king when we're out, but yeah. that's totally fine. I'm literally like 6'3", with heels on, so I'm really out here. I love it. But, yeah, I mean, I've literally had people make fun of me, like, in public for being tall, and I just think are we grown-ups? Like, I mean, I don't feel like a grown-up most of the time. I honestly no, don't. I'm like, am I an adult? This is kind of scary. But like, I've been bullied back in high school when I was younger, like eighth grade, freshman year, whatever, for being tall. 
people would prank phone call me and call me Big Bird and a giraffe. Yeah, dead serious. And I would just, I would literally be like, do you have anything better to do with your life? Like, I really didn't let it bother me. And I still don't let it bother me. But grown adults, like I was at the bar standing in heels and a guy turns around and looks down and looks up and is like, oh my God. And the girl he was with goes, my God, stop. You don't say that. You don't say that. Don't say that. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, ew, I'm pretty sure he just made fun of me. So I let it go. And then I saw him later and um, at another bar and I was like, oh, at this point I had a couple drinks. So I was like, oh, you're the guy that made fun of me for being tall. And he looks at me and goes, well, you are freakishly tall. (gasps) And I was like, yeah, and you're freakishly bald under that hat, I bet. And I, like, walked away, and he's, like, yelling that he's not bald or something. But I'm just like, well, you probably have a little dick. So, yeah. I mean, that's so mean. People are so fucking rude. It's just crazy to me because I can't imagine, like, making making fun of someone like that. Me either. And if that was my man, if that was my man making fun of somebody for being tall, like, I'd be mortified. The, like... You gotta have BDE to be with me. Yeah. And you, I mean, we're tall so women sure. and just in general. And if you're not six five, then we're probably going to be taller than you, or you're at just as tall as you in heels. Yeah. And if my man, first of all, he would never, but if my man ever did that, or if I was with a man that ever did that, like that'd be I'd be done. Yeah. Because I can't be dealing with that small dick energy yeah. around me. No Miss little me dick energy. It. No. Mm-mm. I mean, and you can sniff them out immediately, the ones with that small dick energy. Yeah. And the ones with the, B, the, with the big dick energy. With, with the BDE, for sure. Yeah. We all I mean, spot them. you can be a short king, but if you have BDE, I mean, baby, you're 6'5". Yeah. I don't it's care. all in the perception. And you can even have a small dick. But if you have that BDE and you just know what you're doing, if you know what you're working with and can work it well, BDE. Yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. But Very true. If you're a man that just makes is, fun of other women, makes fun of other women, okay. is just like a cringy human in general that yeah. like just doesn't have res- like. I mean, that will be another episode that we can get in. into and can <laughs> dive into all about sniffing out, you know, the men with the BDE, and not you don't have to sniff them out because the ones with the BDE they just have that presence. But yeah, we know how to detect that small dick energy immediately too we do but yeah i i think that this is just i think this is a good spot for us to (laughs) end so we don't give too much away for our next episode jackie thank you so much for being with me here today like i said you can expect jackie on many many episodes here with me can't wait we recorded a few of these episodes definitely not in order but who cares who cares? We forgot to turn our mics on. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so you can expect us to, we kind of touched on a whole lot of things today, but you can expect us to really dive into clients, how to deal with tough ones, navigating this world, being a beauty professional or a young entrepreneur. And we're getting into the good, the bad, the ugly. We're getting into not just beauty professionals and entrepreneurship, just being a consumer. Yeah. And I mean, just we're, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. We want to talk about it all. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to encourage you to do it all. Just don't cut your bangs, babe. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. See you well, next we'll time. see you next time.